Hello everyone and welcome to Box Office Receipts. I'm your host Tyler Callahan and the news just keeps coming to start off 2022. Uh, we also got our first noticeable movie for 2022 with Scream. So let's talk about how that did over the holiday weekend. Because it was a holiday weekend with Martin Luther King Jr. Day, the numbers will be in a four-day format to include Monday. Opening in first place is Scream with 36 million, dropping to second place with Spider-Man No Way Home with 26 million for a total of 703.9 million. Third place was Sing 2 with 11 million for a total of 122.1 million. Fourth place was The King's Man with another 2.9 million for a total of 29.3 million. And fifth place was The 355 with 2.8 million for a total of 8.9 million. So yeah, Scream did fantastic, and for Paramount, this is a nice hit to start off the year. The film got good reviews from critics, and right now, good word of mouth from fans of the franchise and people who went to see it. Also, if we're looking just at the box office compared to the rest of the franchise, Scream in four days has almost beat the entire domestic gross of Scream 4 from 2011, which only made 38.1 million. To be fair, that one is an anomaly compared to the rest of the franchise, uh, with the rest finishing around 100 million domestic each, Scream 3 being the lowest of them at around 89 million. Without looking at international numbers, Scream looks like it could break even or even make a profit just on the domestic run alone, with the reported budget for it being around 24 million. Besides the great performance of Scream, the only other noteworthy news was No Way Home passing 700 million domestically, and passing Black Panther to now be the fourth biggest film domestically of all time. It will now try to pass Avatar to take the number three spot, which is at 760.5 million. Time to take a look at China, where the trend of disappointing Hollywood releases continues. Opening in first place was The Matrix Resurrections, with a mediocre 7.5 million. Dropping to second place was Embrace Again with 6.8 million for a total of 127 million. Third place was G Storm with 4.2 million for a total of 85 million. Fourth place was Another Me with 4.1 million for a total of 59.2 million. And lastly, in fifth place was Paw Patrol the Movie, which opened with 3.6 million. So the good news for The Matrix is that the 7.5 million is the best the Hollywood movie has done in months. The issue is that's still a bad number, and estimates have it finishing its run around $16 million. Not good. Paw Patrol also did not do great either. Uh, part of me wonders, though, if COVID was not an issue in China right now, how much better would the numbers be? I'd say a few million more, but nothing huge. Like, Matrix wouldn't have opened to 20 to 30 million with no COVID. Maybe like 10 to 12 million. As for other Hollywood movies, another one did get approved. 20th Century's uh, Death on the Nile not only got approved, but a release date with it coming out February 19th. So right after the Chinese New Year blackout period. As for why this film got approved, while other, like Spider-Man, have not, well, it's looking more likely that they're only approving ones that will be a moderate success at most, and no big blockbusters. We will see if others get approved over the next few months. Looking at worldwide numbers, Scream got a decent start overseas as well, making $18 million to have a worldwide opening weekend of $54 million, 
No Way Home made another $33.4 million for a worldwide total of $1.625 billion. The King's Man made $10.2 million for a worldwide total of $92.5 million. The Matrix Resurrections made $11.1 million over the weekend, most of it coming from China to bring its worldwide total to $140 million. Finally, Sing 2 made $8.4 million for a worldwide total of $215.7 million. To stay on theaters for a minute, or specifically IMAX, some films are getting a re-release if you missed them the first time. If you are in Ireland or in the UK, Dune will be back in IMAX starting January 21st. Then, if you are living in the US, select IMAX theaters in the country will be getting a re-release of No Time to Die with a Q&A with Daniel Craig and the director, uh, Carrie Fukushima. This is to celebrate the 60th anniversary of Bond. The only question I have in regards to all of this is you think you'd also do the re-release in the UK as well, since that's where it's where the Bond, Bond franchise is from, right? But anyway, uh, as for new movie in the works, we got two. Uh, first one will take us to Warner Brothers, where Deadline has the exclusive on this. The new film will be based on an upcoming book called Mickey 7, and a director who is looking to work on it, Bong Joon-ho. That's right, the director of the award-winning Parasite. Great film, by the way. Uh, he is looking to write and direct this upcoming film. And not only that, but Robert Pattinson is looking to star in it as well. That's a great combo, if I've ever heard of one. And it's got me excited. Now, since these deals are just being put in place now, it's going to be a while till this is out. 2024 at the earliest. But hey, it's one to look forward to. I know I will. Now, another movie that's been announced is a new Bloomhouse horror film for Universal called Megan, but the E has a 3 in it. Stars Allison Williams and Ronnie Chang and is directed by Gerald Johnstone. It comes out January 13th, 2023. Now I'm of two minds on this. On one hand, the film is based off an idea for a story James Wan had, and one of his writers, Akila Cooper, is writing a script for this, so it could be good. On the other hand, horror films being released in January usually, usually suck, so... Which one is this going to be? Okay, so VOD Premium has just been getting most of the news from Hollywood since 2022 started, and that looks to still be the case. Let's start with Roku, of all places, where in building up their own content library, they are producing a new film. The film is a biopic about Weird Al Yankovic and will be produced by Funny or Die and Tango for Roku, who will play the lead role, none other than Daniel Radcliffe. Mr. Yankovic himself wrote the script along with Eric Apple, who will also be the one directing the film. Production is set to start in a few weeks, so I assume the film will either be a very late 2022 release or just sometime in 2023. This is definitely an interesting choice for a film and for Roku. If they advertise this hard, it can make it stand out and get people interested. The thing is though, they need to start advertising that Roku Originals is actually a thing and you can go watch free and exclusive content. Like I doubt most people know, they bought all of Quibi's content, slapped a Roku original label on it, and put it up there. To be fair though, I doubt most people even knew what Quibi was either, so... Now let's move to Disney, where we are starting to see more of its deal with HBO Max. Remember, late last year they reached an agreement, where for the last year of the deal where 20th Century Films would go to HBO Max first, they came to an agreement where they would share some of them. 
So far, though, we've only seen one with Ron's Gone Wrong. Now we have two more. The first is Nightmare Alley, which will premiere on Hulu and HBO Max on February 1st. And then later on in the month, The King's Man will have the same simultaneous release on February 18th. Now those dates are for the domestic release internationally. It's a bit different. For example, in the UK, The King's Man will be on Disney Plus on February 9th. Staying with Disney, the company made some changes this week in how the streaming side is managed as well as expanding into making more content. The biggest new role is the creation of the president of Disney Streaming, with Michael Paul filling the role. His position will be to overall manage Disney+, ESPN+, Star+, and Hulu. Speaking of Hulu, it got a new president with Joe Early taking a role, moving from executive vice president of marketing and operations. For content, a new group for international content is opening up and will be run by Rebecca Campbell. The content made here will be more regional based around the world for Disney's streaming shows. An example of this, I think, would be Netflix focusing a lot on producing Korean content. As for how important this new group is, well, she will be reporting directly to CEO Bob Shafik. These moves don't mean much now, as we have to see how each department is run by them going forward and to see if it's a success or not. But I will say, by adding another section for producing content for their streaming services, Disney is aware they need to be producing more. I'm curious though, for the regional content that they will produce, will it be uh, Star Plus, or Hulu branded, or actual Disney Plus branded? Right now they've been able to get by because they have not started really any new IPs specifically for the streaming platforms. Most shows have been either spin-offs or continuations of older franchises. Finally, we go to Apple TV Plus, where they might have just gotten a big score with this project. After waiting to see what would happen to the MonsterVerse after Godzilla vs. Kong, Legendary has announced the next project in that universe, a series that will go to Apple TV Plus. Deadline is reporting that a movie is still in the works, but for this, how it happened was Legendary got the idea for it, worked with Toho to license the rights to Godzilla for it, because they need to. They do the same for the movies. Afterwards, when they were looking at offers for it, they, you know, talking to studios, Apple was interested from the very start, and they made a deal. The series will follow family as they look into the secrets of the Titans and into the organization Monarch. What surprises me about this is while Apple was the first to show interest and struck a deal, the fact that Warner Media is not in reports at all with HBO Max trying to work something out, it stood out to me. All the MonsterVerse films have been released by Warner Brothers, so you'd think they'd try to keep the franchise with them as much as possible. As for the show itself, it could be good, but to get people interested, it's going to depend on how much they're going to show the Titans, aka how much money are they willing to spend for the CGI for that. As for Apple TV+, Plus, this is a great get no matter what. If they are able to show promos for their streaming service with Godzilla in those ads, that in and of itself is a win. And that is it for this week's episode of Box Office Receipts. question for the episode is, if you haven't seen Nightmare Alley or The King's Man yet, do you plan on watching it when it comes out on streaming? Let me know on Facebook, link to the pages in the show notes. Thank you for listening, and see you next time.